Well, if there's any week to be reading this extract from Jesus' Sermon on the Plain, it's this one. Love your enemies, Jesus says. Here we are on the 13th day, I think, of a protest within the parliamentary precincts now involving uh, approximately 1,000 people with 750 tents and 800 cars and an increasing number here in Christchurch in Cranmer Square, I gather. But hang on a moment, isn't this love your enemies statement from Jesus, however radical it may be, just buying into a polarizing black or white friends or enemies scenario that doesn't reflect the reality of a whole spectrum of views within those gathered at Parliament, in turn reflecting a whole spectrum of views within our country. A petition circulating currently calling for the protesters to leave Parliament describes them as a disparate group of conspiracy theorists, religious cult members, anti-vaxxers, anti-mandate believers and flat earthers. Not entirely complimentary. So is this just a small minority of our population making a lot of noise, which is then amplified by media coverage? Or is it true that one in three New Zealanders actually supports these anti-mandate protesters? Well, you two will have your opinions. But I want to take us back to today's gospel from the Sermon on the Plain, Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount, continuing from last week. And perhaps therein lies the difference. Matthew's Sermon on the Mount places Jesus on a mountain, on a pedestal, if you like, a leader like Moses was on Mount Sinai, one who declares and upholds the law given by God to the people of Israel. Luke rather places Jesus on a level place, on the level, if you like. Jesus is not looking down upon the people to whom he speaks. He's on the same level with them. And indeed, they're all on the same level as one another. Interestingly, a few chapters before, Luke introduces John the Baptist in words from Isaiah that John is preparing the way for the Messiah who will fill in the valleys, make the mountains and the hills low, make the crooked ways straight and the rough ways plain, leveling things out. And that's exactly the same word that Luke uses for the rough ways made plain is the word he uses to describe the place from where Jesus now preaches, the level place, the plain. Jesus will lift things up, yes, but he will also lop things off low and make smooth the rough places where we might trip over. Jesus speaks to people from a level place. So is Jesus the great leveler, we might say? We sometimes discuss whether there is such a thing as a level playing field in our world or in our society from which we all start. And um, I'll just see if I can get this working here. There it is. Um, you might have seen this cartoon which asserts that we don't all start in the same place. And some of us may need more boxes, if you can see those, to be raised up to a place of equity. The gospel writer Luke is well known for his concern for the poor and vulnerable in society, those on the margins at his time, including women and those 
with disabilities and leprosy. Perhaps if he was a doctor or physician, as tradition has it, Luke knew the reality of life in the raw and life on the margins. The Wellington City Missioner was asked if some of the street community might be attracted to the protests at Parliament with the draws of both community and food. Possibly, he replied, but those who are homeless or on the streets might also be more anxious and more intimidated by the presence of so many people on their turf. And it was a reminder to me that with all the discussion about people claiming their freedoms and rights, there should also be a place for responsibility and, the con and concern for those who are most vulnerable in the city, those on the streets, the school children, the small businesses who are trying to make a living, the courts over the road from Parliament impeded from carrying out their work to bring justice for victims of crime. I spent six years ministering at Wellington Cathedral of St Paul, immediately over the road from Parliament buildings. And I was uh, sent some photos last week of the protest camps spilling over into the cathedral grounds and car park, the tents just outside what was my office on Molesworth Street. And uh, I was wondering, actually, um, you'll, many of you will remember Aunt Daisy, Maud Basham, and her ashes are actually under one of the little trees just outside my office. I was wondering what she would make of it all. I was also wondering if the toilets were getting high usage and if they'd put out a little saucer for donations. But what I did hear was that some, from, some priests from the cathedral had taken communion out on Sunday to share with those protesters who would like it, and many were glad to receive it. And I thought that was a powerful response when it would be very easy to be defensive and irritated by all the current disruptions. I think that is the challenge of Jesus' words to us in the Sermon on the Plain. Uh, listen to all those verbs, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, turn the other cheek, give, lend, be merciful. Do not judge, forgive, and give. All those words, of course, are very easy to say, but not so easy to live out. Uh, here's a little cartoon which uh, John found, which depicts what could have been the reaction, I think, of Jesus' very first hearers. Love your enemies? What? Surely he doesn't mean those Romans, does he? Those who are oppressing us, ruling over us, taxing us to the hilt. Surely he doesn't mean the Samaritans, does he? How would the Ukrainians hear this today? Surely he doesn't mean the Russians, does he? I recall uh, from a few years ago, just a few years ago actually, uh, that very powerful photo of an Orthodox priest in Ukraine standing between police and protesters in, in the Ukraine. Will they do this again? perhaps in the face of Russian attack or intimidation. And the challenge to each one of us is to say, what would I do? What will I do when called to love my enemy, to do good, to bless, to pray, regardless of the cost to myself? I think our first reading from Genesis is one of the most beautiful portrayals 
in the Hebrew scriptures of a human being, Joseph, showing forgiveness and mercy to those who've made his life a misery. And we know if you read uh, earlier in Genesis, that whole sorry tale of sibling rivalry leading to Joseph being sold into slavery through times of intrigue and machinations and imprisonment, finally crawling his way up to a place of safety and success in the Egyptian world within which he'd found himself. Now the brothers who caused him so much pain are in his hands. Now is Joseph's opportunity to get even, to have revenge, to retaliate. None would blame him for that. And yet here we see this profound act of mercy and of forgiveness and of reconciliation. And more than that, an act of faith declaring that God is the one who was at work behind the scenes, even behind their schemes to bring good, to bring life out of death, to preserve life, as Joseph puts it, and to bring renewed hope to God's people. So Joseph here becomes a Christ figure, one who pours out love and mercy on the undeserving, one who forges the way through that leads to life and hope and new beginnings. Well, I don't know what this week will hold for the protests at Parliament, but I do know we need to hear Jesus' countercultural call to us to love and to bless and to pray, to do good, to be merciful, to give and forgive. And none of that is easy, is it, when it is so tempting to just focus on my own situation, my freedoms and rights. But may we match that with the right valuing of our responsibilities to others, and especially with Luke, the position, with our call to share care and concern for the vulnerable in our society and in our world. So may we pray this week for police and protesters, for politicians and media, for school children and shopkeepers, for large cathedrals and small tents, for freedom from violence, for wisdom, that wisdom we sang about, for discernment of ways forward, for negotiation and costly reconciliation. In the name of Jesus, who makes rough ways plain. Amen.